Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back to Meter and the Coach. 1037 WEEI. Southern New England Sports Original. Sports Original. Welcome back, Meter and the Coach. As always, on a Sunday morning from 7 to 9, great to have you with us. He's Tim Welsh. I'm Jami DePerel. Debo filling in for Joe Passarelli behind the glass today. Kim English, Providence coach at 8.05. Tim Welsh, we had this conversation back in the day with Dennis and Callahan sometimes, especially when things were slow. Who's the face of Boston sports? Who's the guy you're putting on Mount Olympus? Who's the guy you're putting on? You know, who's the rock of granite? You know, obviously, Brady was, was the face. It was an obvious question. The non-Tom Brady category. There were there were some uh, good candidates. But now I think the face of Boston sports is Jason Tatum. Would you agree? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he is he's a man possessed this year. I, I just like everything about him. He seems to have cleaned up the... Uh, Barking at officials every time he thinks he gets fouled. Uh, you know, he still does on occasion, but it's not as as egregious as as it's been in the past. So it's uh, you know you, he's he's perfect right now. He has absolutely been perfect. I think that uh, he's putting this team on his back. He understands now. It, it now is the time, and uh, they've got they've got this great opportunity this year because they've got all the pieces. They've got all the pieces, and they are they don't have Marcus Smart in their way. And uh, he was in their way. He absolutely was. Uh, he tried to be some, somebody he wasn't. And when you have somebody like that in, the, in sports on your team, especially in basketball, that can be a hindrance. And I think he was a major hindrance to the development. It's not as a total, but as a player is scoring all that for Tatum, but more as a leader and what he needed to be uh, for the whole team. And I think now you're seeing that come come about because, He's taking this team on his back early. In case you missed it, Jason Tatum now with 10,000 career points. He's 25 years old. 444 games, 10,000 career points. 14th already all-time in Celtics history. Top five, in my mind, top five pure scorer to ever play for the Celtics. I'm talking about pure scorer. I'm not talking about all-around player. And Maybe he'll get to that top five all-around player uh, status especially if they win a championship. But it's a situation where, I mean, Antoine Walker, he just leapfrogged him as far as the youngest guy to do it in team history. And you look at that list of NBA guys, LeBron's the headliner, of course. But 
But at 25, Tim, as you can appreciate as a coach how difficult it is nightly, in and out. And I know they they load manage sometimes, and that might that might that some some have an issue with that. But still, the fact that he's pouring in 20 plus a game every night—that's an unbelievable number. Well, he shows up too. I mean, he he doesn't want to be managed, load managed at all. He wants to play every minute of every game. He's he's that type of guy, and you have to really tip your cap someone like that and I think his defense has been better uh the Celtics overall defense I think has been much better this year uh one thing that I've noticed that you know they got off to a great start last year as well but uh last year in a lot of these games especially the nights against the Wizards or the Pacers when the Pacers aren't uh fully healthy you know they kind of just slept walk find a way to win some nights yeah. blue leads big leads at halftime, and then they all of a sudden find themselves behind at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's not happening this year. They are dialed in from tap to buzzer, and you got to give Tatum a ton of credit for that. Uh, Brown, as well, has been very good. You know, we took our shots at him in, after the first game, but you know, he looks like he's fit in nicely with the new group. And then, of course, the coach. I mean, Joe Missoula has done a really good job, I think, just getting these guys to be locked in early, playing together, and uh, just feeding off each other. It's really been fun to watch. What are they doing defensively that's different from last year? I mean, they're more aggressive. They're more aggressive. They're still doing a lot of switching. I think Porzingis gives them something they didn't have, obviously. You know, everyone talked about Rob Williams' defense, but in half the games he wasn't even out there. So it's hard to get in a rhythm when you don't have somebody consistently out there that you count on, especially a guy that can guard multiple positions. And Porzingis can guard multiple positions. He defends the pick and roll very well, and that just huge size. I mean, anytime he's in the lane, you better be careful. I mean, he, he just you can see teams just backing away from him and uh, because they're not trying to challenge him at the rim. And not that that's the way the games play, but still you've got to have somebody in there that has some force in the lane, and that's what he's provided. Yeah, no, and they're five and zero. Oh, they're the league's only undefeated team. Holiday was terrific last night. The, the, the Nets didn't have a clue. The Nets aren't a good team. I mean, that some guy named Cam Thomas led them. I know when I say that, we know who Cam Thomas is. But they have a team of a bunch of faceless players. They, they, they were scrappy, but Holiday just took advantage of them. Eighteen points, nine rebounds, ten assists. The cerebral nature of his game. Very good defensive player. Another steal for Brad Stevens. And that's, you know, we, we all talk about the stars as we should. And Brown didn't have a great game last night. He finished with a quiet 23. He's going to have those type of nights. He's just, I don't know if you saw any of it, Tim, but again, maddening at times. Just he drifts, turns the ball over. And I know it's early and they'll need him in the playoffs. Of course they will. But if Brown doesn't play well, the good news is they got a lot of guys that can compensate. Right, exactly. And, you know, talk about Brad Stevens. I mean, that. Now, that's the guy I want running my organization, no matter what the sport is. I mean, if you just listen to your new baseball operations president the other day and then you listen to Brad Stevens' talks, you know one's a coach, one's a, a guy who understands how to put a team together, and the other guy, I don't know what he is. He sounds like a, you know, a guy that I want running my Fortune 500 company maybe, but not my, not my baseball team. So, I mean, we can get into that later, but it's just – and I know words are sometimes – you know, deceiving, but I, I will tell you that I wasn't that impressed with your new baseball guy that, as a guy that's a, really dialed in to 
baseball, a guy who understands what you need to do to put a team together, and that's what Brad Stevens has done. Yeah, I don't. I was I was torn about the whole Breslow thing. I, I and, and it's a talk show. It's talk show gold. We would have done it back in the day, and I know everybody locally did it here. The, capitalizing on Breslow sounding robotic and you know Heim Bloom 2.0 and he's a baseball personnel geek and blah 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 blah. You know what? I really don't care. It, 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 it's fine, and I know you're not not great that he didn't win the press conference. Uh, Theo Epstein had moments like that too. People forget that they're all at the base. That's who they are. That's where they came. I mean, Brazil played, but he can't, he's still that. They have that that mindset. Coaches have it too. They have that coaching. It's a, it's all about the mindset and what you're used to, and that's how he talks to people in the office. That that's who, who he is. It's okay. He's not going to be. You know, he's not George Clooney. He's not Tom Cruise. He doesn't have to be. You know, Joe Dynamic every time he's in front of a microphone. Uh, but as long as he does a good job, that's all I care about. And I think he will do a good job because I think he does have a clue. I think he will have a better budget. Uh, that's a big part of this. Uh, I think people have can't lose sight of that. Let's give him a shot. And I know and I, your points are valid. I'm not saying he was he was not good. It was not it was not a good look. That was not a good look. It was way too robotic. If I'm Sam Kennedy or anybody else in that front office, I say maybe we should work on delivery a little bit. And they, well, that's what they did with that's what they did with Joe Mazzula in the offseason with the Celtics. Yeah, and you know, then it goes back to the point: is does he really have power? Uh, you know, that's that's what I'm questioning because we know that Alex Cora, uh, the things that he said in the past, and even you know, they asked him about his relationship with Breslow, and he said, I, "I didn't really have one. He didn't really know him, and he didn't remember him as a player." So. You know, that tells you, I think Alex Gore is the guy that's pulling the strings in the front office, and that's fine by me if he is, because you, you want a baseball guy in there, and that's what he is. Yeah, I don't know, though. I, I mean, you and I hashed that one out, too. Like, in, you know, Sean McDonough was outspoken on this about Cora hasn't got enough blame for what happened here this year, and I don't know why he hasn't. I, from a front office perspective, they love the guy. I would have fired him. Uh, I think the team is terrible this year, and that's a reflection. A large part of that is fundamentally, fundamental baseball. They were absolutely horrendous. And I know that you probably, you didn't watch many. God knows a lot of people didn't watch many because you had to turn it off. They were so bad. I watched the most I could watch, and then I had to turn it off because their fundamentals were so flawed. They were such a horrendous team running the bases, defensively, uh, being prepared, uh, pitching decisions. I know their pitching staff stunk, uh, and people say, "Oh, we didn't have the talent." You know what? A lot of a lot of managers see the '84 win Texas Rangers, who just won the World Series, and see what Bruce Bochy did with that team. And I know they they catch you know they catch the lightning in the bottle. And it's the hot hand going to the playoffs. Texas wasn't exactly a juggernaut. What did they do, Tim? Well, you know, going back to Breslow, though, I mean, that's what supposedly he's this analytics genius for for pitchers, but. He has no front office experience per se. I mean, I again, you've got somebody in there who hasn't dealt with the agents, you know, at the highest level of how to how to put together a, a high end contract for some of these superstars. And you know, that's that's was Heim that's what was Heim Bloom's problem is that he didn't have the cachet with the Scott Borises of the world to to put together a deal and, and get it done. And uh, this guy's right cut from the same mold. 
exactly. And, you know, he played, so what? You know, do you remember him as a player? I mean, but listen to him, and he sounds just like Heim Bloom. And what are these agents going to do? They eat these guys up and spit them out. And he's going to be he's going to have to deal with these guys, and not only agents, but the other general managers, and trying to cut deals. You know, everybody talks about well, he's going to put some deals together right away. The White Sox have guys on the market. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. But you really hired somebody who exact is the exact same as the person you just dismissed. Yeah, well, again, maybe. Uh, I don't. I can't say that definitively. I really can't because Bloom was such a failure. Uh, and that was a bad hire. Uh, and I know, again, it's pe- people are going to say this to the cows come home. Oh, you rebuilt the farm system. One thing that Breslow did say, which was, which was underplayed in this whole mess the other day, we are we are built to trade in our prospects when it's needed. That, to me, was a very good statement. That means someone, either it's him or someone got to him and said, we have prospects, it's okay to deal them. Don't be afraid. Heim Bloom was afraid. Prospects, well, prospects, prospects. Well, he was afraid, but also them, they didn't want to them. sign their, their best players. You know, you talk about Schwarber, you talk about Betts. You talk, did you see who was uh, winning the World Series the other night? I don't know if you watched. A guy named Nathan Avaldi. Uh, you know, it's like... Well, I watched. I, my, my old friend Billy Reynolds, God rest his soul, used to say, why can't we get players like that? around here <laughs> it's amazing to me it's amazing when you watch these guys in the playoffs that they were all used to be on the red sox and they just let them walk and that's that's your problem are they going to do that moving forward first of all they need to rebuild get guys like that in the organization i mean anybody like that currently and will they keep them? so that's that's the question no and it, of all these numbers in the playoffs were you know he's up there with sandy koufax now in, in terms of in terms of his statistics Kofax is the, the, the best by far, but but, but Evaldi is, is on that list as far as, you know, he's big game Nate now, and I love it. I love it. I always loved watching him. He, he, he had me after that 2018 game, and many Red Sox fans would agree, what he did in that game, taking the bullet and pitching in that 18-inning game and going six innings and just when he wasn't ready to pitch and somehow gutting it out. They lost the game to the Dodgers, but they ended up winning the World Series. But that, to me, he had me there. And that, that well, explain to me so why. To explain to me their thinking, though, in letting him go. Can you can you give me any valid reasoning to let it, letting a guy like him go? A guy who wanted to be there, proved that he could win in Boston, wanted to be there, was a big game pitcher, very popular, uh, proven winner, all of that. Why would you let a guy like that go? It all comes down to money, Tim. That's it. Period. And that's an ownership thing. It's an ownership thing. And, and the whole Mookie Betts thing, and I keep coming back to that too. And that was all about the cash. And if they put together a, 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 I still, I still say this, and I know many disagree with me. I still say if you pay, if you had given Mookie Betts an offer that he wanted, like the one he got from the Dodgers, or close to what he got from the Dodgers, he would have stayed. It's all about the cash. That's the, they're, they're mercenaries. That's who they are. Their agents are mercenaries. It's all about the bottom line. The loyalty is... You know, oh, he loves Boston. Okay, but he's also going to love Texas if they give him ten million more. So that's what happens. And they didn't want to do that. Why? Why? I have no idea. Clearly, a shift in philosophy. Clearly, an ownership that wants to save money. Uh, maybe that changes because God knows they do that every two years. Uh, maybe they'll go back to who we thought they should be. 
and become a top five payroll as opposed to a top 20 payroll. So that's my answer for you. Well, I, I question that as well until we see it, of course. And, and that was the pattern in the past, but the past is the past and things have changed with the ownership as far as all their, all their other businesses that they are involved with. And that's where I look at them and say, I'm not sure they're going to go back to that pattern of, you know, every two years kind of switch, flip the switch and, and spend. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see if it happens. I mean, they, you know, they've got their analytics people out there trying to get a little feel of the fan base. And if, if, they, if they're doing their work, they, they know that they have to change a lot of things. Oh, yeah. No, there's – and the pitching list is uh, – it's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. John Heyman had a detail the other day in the New York Post as far as available pitchers and free agents. And there's guys out there they can go get that would be really good, really good plug-and-play guys. Uh, it's not just the Aaron Nolas and the Blake Snells who are going to get the most attention in the in the Yamamotos from Japan. There's a, ten guys that, on that on his list that he had that would be very viable candidates for the Red Sox. So uh, that's something that they, uh, they they have to dive into as soon as free agency starts. We're going to take a timeout. We work our way towards Kim English at eight oh five on Meter and the Coach Sports Radio WEI one hundred three point seven. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.